Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around, once in a while, you could miss it. Do you remember where that quote comes from? It's a great quote for this guest today. Welcome to HEAL, conversations to guide you toward personal growth and overall well-being. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Heal. I'm really excited to sit down today with Heather Stewart. She is a balanced life coach. Welcome, Heather. Thank you. Thank you. You did that very well. <laughs> oh, thank you. I've done this before. <laughs> it helps when you have notes next to you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on to my show. I'm so excited we chatted earlier. Um which is how I got to know you a little bit. And we had such a fun time, I think. Um, so I'm so glad that you're here. And, and I'm excited to share your story with my audience. So like I say to everyone, because I was a kindergarten teacher for a while, I always say when you were five years old and your teacher said, what do you want to be when you grow up? Did you say a balanced life coach? <laughs> oh my gosh, not even close, which is hilarious. And when I tell you how I got here, it doesn't resemble anything that happened in kindergarten. Right? At all. I don't, know I don't think most I mean, things do. I don't think anything does. I know we learn a lot in kindergarten, you know, but uh, go ahead. But Tell us all about you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's interesting because in some ways, the roots of who you are are there when you're in kindergarten, but it takes you a while to let them kind of flourish and grow. So yeah. when I was when I was a kid, and I, t I tell this people to people all the time, I was going to be an artist and a mm -hmm. veterinarian mm -hmm. because I loved animals. I was, I was super, super shy. So I just like spending time with animals more than people because animals didn't ask me questions and didn't judge, you know? Yeah. They and, just love you. Right. And I loved painting and creating and drawing. So uh, all through my little kid years, I was going to be an artist and veterinarian. And then this weird thing happens to you in high school and they say, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? And you have to make that decision. And you're thinking, I, I don't know. I can barely figure out how to like navigate the cafeteria. And you, you want. And what's really decide. funny is we don't even have that mindset to be able to say, I don't even know how to navigate the cafeteria. Instead, what we do is we put our head down and say, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? Right. And we actually and try to figure it out at 18. At, at the rest of your life at 18, you can't even wrap your head around what that is. Like yeah. what is 50 years till you hit 50 odd years and you go, Oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> this is the rest of my life. <laughs> right. So when I was in high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. They gave me one of those aptitude tests, you know, the, Oh, you should be, they told me I should be a radiologist or a radio technician person in a lab. I'm like, okay, but I want to be a stewardess. At that point, all my friends, we wanted to be stewardesses because we wanted to be cool and travel, yeah. not knowing that it's actually not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a stewardess or what a flight attendant, yeah, it, some people love it, but you know, it wouldn't have suited me at all. I just thought it sounded When cool. I took that test, it said I should be a florist. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know why, because I don't know anything about flowers and I killed live things like that. So, okay. Yeah. So strange how they would yep. come up with that. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> I still didn't know what I wanted to do, even after the aptitude test. And I was, I have this brain that can do left and right brain really easily. I can flip flop between them. And I was, I found accounting super easy. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You just do this, this, this. Can't you see it? They said, oh, go become an accountant. Yeah. I said, okay. So I went. That's crazy. Cause you're an artist too. <laughs> I know. Creative. I love that. Yeah. So I went and took a four-year business degree and then two years post a graduate to become, well, they call it a CPA now. At the time it was a chartered accountant. So a Canadian equivalent of the American CPA. CPA makes sense. Yep. Yeah. And I did that and, you know, I was, you know, for the standard way to measure it, I was successful because I worked my work for 15 years. I was in corporate. I was a senior director. I had a company car. I had stock options. I made money and man, I was not happy. <laughs> it's just like, it felt like the fluorescent lights in my office were sucking my soul out. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> as I sit under fluorescent lights right now you know it's just the environment you know I'm not down not down on fluorescent lighting but it's just like oh god <laughs> I at think it point, does have some sucking properties though at one point my office <laughs> I had an office because you know I was an important executive person it had a window but my window looked out into a sea of cubicles oh like it didn't look outside so I looked over all of these people and their heads down in their cubicles working away like little minions. I'm thinking, you don't look happy either, right? So it's just like, what am I doing here? Why do I want to do this? And one day, uh, I had a couple of life-changing moments. One day I was driving home from work and I was super, super stressed out because my boss was a bit of a jerk. Most of the time I had good bosses. At this point, I had a jerk of a boss. And I'm driving home from work and I've been working really hard and I look up and there's a woman crossing in the crosswalk in front of me. And I'm like honking my horn at her. I'm like, what are you doing in my way? And I looked up and my light was red. <gasps> that doesn't even sound like the, the you that I know, even though we I, know each other. I, I, it's I like, know. <gasps> How dare and you? I just, my brain just went, oh my God, because I was driving. It was, a, it's a very busy intersection in Toronto I should have been dead driving through this stoplight and yelling at this woman who's who crossing life, right? Yeah. It's like, oh my God. Okay. This, this is, this can't go on. This is not healthy. This is not good. And it still took me a little, even after I came to that realization, it took me a while to figure out like, okay, what do I do? If, if this isn't it, if I'm super stressed, if it's killing me, how the heck do I get out of here? And Not only that, but did you also have the thought, I just had this conversation with a friend right before we got on here. Um, you know, I went to school and I, and I spent all my time learning this trade, this skill, this whatever. And now I don't want to be doing this anymore. Right. Oh my goodness. So, <laughs> so fast forward a little bit, because it's related to that. Um, when I did decide I was going to leave. So I, I started taking yoga after work as stress relief. And I was taking like 
when I did something, apparently I did it intensely. I was doing it like five days a week. I'm going to yoga every single day. And um, I was just like, okay, I just wanted to spend all my time in the yoga studio because I just wanted to sit there and decompress. Yep. And at one point I decided, okay, I'm leaving my job. I'm going to teach yoga. And I had started teaching yoga after work. This story, this story could go all over the place. I, the reason I started teaching yoga, which it wasn't something that ever entered my mind was because my yoga teacher said to me one day, I, she was moving away and I was like, no, no, my life is going to end. If my yoga teacher leaves, I said, who's going to teach your class? She said, you are. I said, no, I'm an accountant. <laughs> she said, she said, no, you're not. You're a teacher. You're going to teach the class. And I just blind faith trusted her and started teaching and realized, oh my gosh, this is the thing that I want to do. I want to teach. So I started teaching yoga and I decided to quit my job. Imagine, imagine speaking no. of that, like how many years and money and time did you invest? And I had a friend who quite literally took me to lunch and he sat down and he said, I needed to look you in the eye because I was going to take you to, it's called CAMH, the mental hospital. He was going to pick me up the, from lunch and take me to the mental hospital because I had decided to leave my job. Yep. I mean, what's wrong with the world? Well, the thing is, it's not right for him, but it was right for you. And the thing, we only really know what's right for us. And if you really trust your gut and your feeling and after taking yoga and learning about that mindfulness and mind-body connection and really knowing that it's not right for you. It's not right for you. It's scary to make that jump. And sometimes you have to wait to make that jump some, you know, sometimes, but when you know, it's not right, it's not right. And, and you I do, did... you do feel like your soul is being crushed or you do. You do. I mean, yeah. you you know, and sometimes it's like, um, when you watch it on a movie, you're like, oh, that person's soul being is being crushed. You can totally see it when it's happening to you. It's harder to tell. You're like, <laughs> it can just show up as I'm really unhappy. I'm crabby all the time with my spouse and my kids. Um, nothing brings me joy anymore. Everything Sometimes sucks. people don't even get to that awareness. They just keep right. going and they yeah. do the job because they need the money and it's holding them there. The money's holding them there. The lifestyle's holding them there. The Whatever they feel that security of that job, they'll out will outweigh their mental health, their well being. Right. It's... And it is, I understand it's totally scary because I, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, imagine going from executive to yoga teacher. There's a lot of disparity between those two roles. <laughs> I know. Right? But I will tell you, I went to lunch probably three months after I quit my job. I went to lunch with all my old colleagues who were still in corporate and I walked in and they're like, Heather, what happened to you? <laughs> because apparently I had aged backwards. Suddenly I looked young and yeah. they're like, why are you so healthy? I said, well, let me start <laughs> with, <laughs> I left corporate and I was teaching yoga. I was doing super fun stuff. And I had gone back to school. I Instead of a veterinarian, I went back to school to become a massage therapist. That's awesome. So, <laughs> I was okay with people apparently at that point. I'll treat right. people. I don't need to treat just animals. <laughs> Right. And massage therapists and yoga are helping people. You right. know, they're, they come to you for stress release. They come and you're helping them. And there's an immediate feeling when you're done with either of those two things of, whew, that was good. 
Yeah. I was doing, I also became a personal trainer. I mean, everything, everything became wellness. It's like, how do I help people? Because I had left that environment. So I knew the toll it was taking on their health. Mm -hmm. And I understand some people love that, love the office and love that, like, that's what they're meant to do. And that's what makes them happy, but it still takes a physical toll. So how do I help those people be able to do really what, how do I help people be able to do what they want in a healthy way? Mm -hmm. Right. So that's, Mm -hmm. I spent last, I now been teaching yoga for 19 years, believe it or not. That's fabulous. Blows my brains out when I think about it. That's a long time. (laughs) how does, how do you get to the end, to this part of your life so quickly? Right. right. It happens fast. <laughs> it does. Friends, by the way, it happens faster than you think. It does. Oh, well, it's funny when you get to this age and you like making all these changes and you're like, wow, I wish I had done this earlier, but I always think, you know, that I don't know if it would have worked earlier. Well, I know that I would not have been prepared. Like I, I I had to go through the things to I know agree. to know what I know now. Like I couldn't, you're not born with well, maybe you are born with the knowing somewhere in your DNA, but you have to go through the lessons. Like I read an article at one point where it was saying you can't learn unless you make a mistake. Like That's right. We get we get our best learnings from making mistakes. But we have this idea in our lives, or I do, that's like, oh my God, I made a mistake. Oh my God, oh my God. It's like fail, fail, fail. I'm failing Most all over the place. Most people have that feeling. And, and yeah, you, I love that quote. That's like, um, I'm going to get it wrong. Cause I always do unless I'm looking at it and reading it, <laughs> but it's um, I like to make mistakes or I may I make a mistake over and over again, just to get it right. Or something like that, just to make sure I get it right. I don't know because you really truly only learn by making mistakes. I mean, if you keep doing everything and things work out, then what are you learning? You're just, I don't know. You have to, yeah. It's the way be okay with wired. making mistakes. Be okay with making mistakes. Yeah. It's the way our brains are wired that we make a mistake. We're like, oh, so that didn't work. So let me try that. So I like to look at it as, or I try to tell myself when I catch myself being hard on myself, which I still do sometimes. It's like, that wasn't a mistake. That was a, ooh, that didn't work. Let's be curious and try research. this other way. Right? Yeah. <laughs> research. Perfect. Yeah. Research. That's what it was. Yep. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Right. So then, then I went into full, full blown into the wellness world and I had my own yoga studio. I was doing massage therapy. I was doing personal training. I even started teaching this form of Tai Chi. And then I have this yoga Tai Chi fusion. It's like, oh my God, this is so great. Sounds good. And then, yeah. And then do you want me to keep going? Oh my gosh, because it gets pretty exciting. <laughs> and there. Thanks for listening, everybody. All <laughs> right. And cut. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. What happened after that? So I mean, because you're still not coaching. So you're still not a we're trying to get to I the still coaching was, yeah, I still wasn't coaching yet. So I started, I had my own, I was a solo practitioner, and um my yoga studio got closed because of the um explosion of condominium construction so I've lost my space and oh no and I lived there and I treated there and I taught there and at the time it's interesting I've had this realization a lot lately that something that can feel like it's really awful when it's happening yep you get a little ways down the road you're like heck that was actually dodged a bullet 
So <laughs> is it, I call that a cosmic redirection. I, did we say right? this before? It was a rejection is a cosmic redirection. Oh, I like it. Thanks. Mm, I'm, I, I don't know if I, if I made that up, so you can't quote me on that. Uh, I'm go I'm gonna borrow it at the very least and say I heard it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I read it or I made it up. I really don't remember. I feel like I may have read it somewhere, but that's okay. I, I mean, it's hard, like you said, during the time you're like, why is this happening? Why is that happening? Why am I losing this, losing that? And then right. you find a way to shift and change, and things happen much better than you thought they would. And and you and only realize that upset. in retrospect, you know? Right. I was super upset at the time because. I had this nice studio. I liked where I lived. It was like, it was where I thought I would be. But apparently the universe felt like I was dragging my feet. So it kicked me in the butt. And, um, but it helped. But at the same time, th like we were losing, because my home was attached to my studio. I was losing everything. And when we found out we were, we had three months notice to try and find somewhere new to live and work in Toronto. I mean, I don't know if you know what the real estate's like here, but forget about it. Yes. But that weekend we're like, oh, remember that place we looked at once? There's a unit open. So we went and looked and like in three days I had a new condo to live in. And I had seen a post on Facebook by a massage therapist that I knew like a months before. And I just went and checked. She said, oh yeah, the room's not rented yet. So then suddenly I had a space to do my massage and I'm like, What? how is this possible? <laughs> and, um, and a group of Tai Chi teachers that I'm in, in a community with said, Heather, we want, we still want to have our online studio. Can you just make that happen? And I'm like, sure. So suddenly I have an online yoga and Tai Chi studio. It's like, oh, uh, it all worked out. Why was I so upset? But in doing that, as I moved my massage practice just to a standalone massage practice, I had extra room. Yeah. So I started renting to other massage therapists. And one of them, it's interesting what happens to you. Like you can't see the forest for the trees. One lady said to me one day, I was talking to her. She was starting to rent for me. And I was just giving her like, you should try this. You should do this. You should set this up. Like, like I'm just giving her all of my knowledge. And she's like, oh my God, Heather, you should coach people on this. And my head just went, duh, that's so, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's true. I know so much stuff. Like, and I love teaching. Every time I learn something new that I find exciting, I want to teach someone how to do I it. I feel the same way. Yeah. Right. So <clears throat> she said that to me and my brain just like, I don't know, a circuit breaker clicked over or something. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so brilliant. So I took a coaching certification and I started business coaching Nice, because that was my strong suit yes. or I thought, I thought that was my, well, it still is my strong suit. Let's be serious. That was your step in the door. That was my step in the door. Right. And I was business coaching health and wellness professionals because you like, I mean, you do health and wellness stuff. You know, that um, if you're in that community, a lot of them are brilliant at helping people, but not so brilliant at the business aspect. Right. And because they lead with their heart typically. And, and they, you know, some people feel like they shouldn't collect money for their health and wellness services. Right. Some people you think need they the energy collect. exchange. Yeah. It's just, there's so much that goes with it. I mean, even I saw it in my yoga studio as well. When I was hiring teachers, I, they were so frustrating because they wouldn't send an invoice. Oh, I thought you would just send me the money. 
or they would just say, oh, I don't, I don't want to come today to teach class. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's like, you guys, you have to, it's is, a business. You have to, it is a up. business. Yeah. People so, are coming. Uh, you need to be here. <laughs> and a lot of, even, even massage therapy in the massage therapy world, a lot of them don't treat it as a business. It's almost like if you took it like just this much more five, five to 10% more seriously as your business, which maybe it just sounds scary to people, you would be like a hundred times more successful and you wouldn't. And you can't, you can't, unless they pay you to coach them, you can't tell them that until they're ready to hear it. Well, you can't tell anyone anything until they're ready, ready to hear it. You can tell them that they might not hear it is what I'm trying to say. Um, Yeah. you, You know, having a business and working really hard at getting people in the door um, you know, that's half of my battle. And then I have people who rent space as well. And if they're not promoting their class and I'm doing my part as the business owner to promote their class and people don't sign up, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You have to do that (laughs) stuff. Like you have to put yourself out there for your business to get people in your classes. And I know that a lot of people who haven't like we don't teach entrepreneurship in school right we don't teach that we teach you how to be a good factory worker and you know ask permission to go to the bathroom and ask permission like all of the things that we've taught people so they don't always have that like oh I can step forward and do something of my own volition Mm -hmm. and I just find like they they feel like selling is sleazy because they've all encountered or seen the and they always use the used car salesman. Poor used car salesman gets such a bad. I rap. know, but they see selling as something evil or bad. And it's like, if you can switch your mind to say selling is serving, because I want to help you, but the universe likes balance and it needs an exchange of energy. So if I provide energy to you in exchange instead of giving me energy back you can just give me money money is energy right so let's just keep the circulation going yep and um i some people i think there there's lots we could spend all day talking about money hangups but <laughs> yeah i just offered this great class by my business coach um he's a money he's a mindset coach um and he works with heart centered entrepreneurs sounds like you a little bit but he has this great mindset um, program that he does. And he was here the other night doing a money mindset workshop. And it's true. It's, it's, it's true. We all have hangups. We all have our, even when you're working on them, even when you've yep. worked on them, yep. you'll, they'll, they'll come up in different ways or different ones will come up mm-hmm. or you'll say, what, why do why am I doing that to myself? Like, you know yep. what I mean? And you'll, you'll be fine in some areas. Yep. And so I have a friend who, will buy a new car, but will have a hard time spending $50 on something else. I'm like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> you know, it's not, I know I've, I've had a lot. I grew up um, the youngest of eight and my parents were divorced when I was four or five. And then, um, so money was always tight if there was money at all. And I remember every time we would go to the store to buy one new pair of pants for school, you know, if I was lucky, every time my mom would check out at the, at the register, she'd make a face and it would be a thing. I was like, and I get it. I don't, you know, I understand that, but that's, I grew up with that. And and I grew up with work hard and you'll make money, work hard and you'll succeed, work hard and work hard and work hard. So 
you know, break my back. If that was true, most of the world would be millionaires. I've three jobs I've had. Now I have like all these side things that I do. It's just, I'm not, I feel successful and happy in what I'm doing. It's just, yeah, I'm not making a lot of money. Right. (laughs) And so there's there's a lot of hangups in my life about money for sure. I'm very aware of them, but I work on them. And it's interesting because of all of the money mindset coaches that are out there now. We need them. Yeah, we do. I listen or just to, mindset. Just I listen mindset. to at least three of them, four maybe four. <laughs> I have a lot on my podcast list. <laughs> it's good. People need them. We need them. Yeah, a hundred percent. And then, so where was I? Oh, yeah. So then, then I'm in the world of business coaching, and there I am, and I'm good business, and I'm trying to help all our health and wellness friends be successful because I hated hearing them. You know, they'd just gone to the store to buy a case of beer, but they couldn't pay their rent. And I'm right. Say, okay. Okay. What's more important here? <laughs> so probably the beer. <laughs> probably. It's like it's a coping mechanism. <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> no, no. I'm a fan of gin. Like I, you know, I, I get it. But, but you don't I, do that anymore. Now you're, you do, you don't, you're not necessarily a business coach anymore. So how no, do you not entirely. That? So I, I mean, I still, I still help people really now I help people where, where they are. Yeah. So in a, in a broader context, so it all came about and this goes to the, to the, it's actually a year ago. So October the 29th, what year is it? In 2021. I had, so just a year ago, just a year ago. I had a stroke. I know I was a little shocked myself. So, um, and I actually did a public service announcement on my Instagram because it happened on a Friday night. I was watching television and I suddenly had double vision and I thought, oh my gosh, what's going on? And because I'm a healthcare professional, I'm like, well, I have no slurring. I have no weakness. I have no cognitive deficits. There's nothing really going on. And I'd had a headache for a week. So I thought, oh, you know, there's just something. I'm just going to bed. So I went to bed. Don't ever do that. If someone you, if someone you love told you, you know, if, you know, if your spouse or if your best friend comes to you and says, oh, I suddenly have double vision. I'm just going to go to bed. What do you tell them? get your butt to the hospital, my friend. So the next morning it was still there. I was like, oh, that doesn't seem like a good thing, but I was still fully functional. And what did I do? I did my morning meditation because I meditate every morning. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to meditate first. So I meditated. And then we have this thing called telehealth. So after I was done, I phoned telehealth and you talk to a nurse practitioner and she said, I think you should go to the hospital. <laughs> and it was so funny because I said, um, where's the hospital? Because I had never been to the hospital here. Oh, that's so funny. I've, I've lived here like 24 years, I think. I'd never been to the hospital in my neighborhood. I'd been to, you know, outskirts to see other people in the hospital, but I'd never, I said, I don't even know where the hospital is. So she sent me to a hospital nearby. I had to go wake up my husband and say, honey, I need you to drive me to the hospital. And they, he dropped me at 930 in the morning at ER. And I sat in the outer ER because they didn't think anything was wrong. I walked in under my own steam and I just had a thing with my eye. And then after four hours, they took me to, to the inner ER and where people started to check me, like take my vitals. And, and it's Halloween weekend. 
So there's a whole lot of crazy in downtown Toronto on Halloween. Yeah. yeah. And I'm in a downtown hospital and it's COVID. So oh, yeah. no one can come in with me. So I'm alone. And um, the, the hospital's under renovation. So I'm sitting in a chair. At, uh, by this time, my, my double vision had started to clear up, like it had started to clear. But I was, I was canceling appointments. I was doing stuff. I couldn't really see clearly on my phone because I need reading glasses, but I couldn't see properly. And I'm letting my family know. And they're like, what do you mean you're in the hospital? So probably, so I got there at 930 in the morning at five o'clock, they sent me to the ophthalmologist lab. And so they checked my eyes she, and the ophthalmologist said, I think you've just had an ocular migraine. She said, I think you're okay. But that doesn't necessarily, does that cause double vision? Doesn't that cause like outer, like vision, out, like weird stuff out here and the sides of your. I think it depends. I mean, I've had ocular migraines that gave me like kaleidoscope vision. Yeah. Yeah. But she said the, like in her opinion, because, and I guess nothing was going on at that point, right? My eyes had mostly corrected, although I couldn't put my glasses on. When I put my glasses on, I got super nauseous, Oh, which means that my eye still wasn't totally in the right place, but I could at least see straight. So I'm, <laughs> this is actually kind of funny. It speaks to like how the healthcare system is so strained. I'm sitting in the ophthalmologist's waiting room. It's like 7.30 at night now. And I don't, I'm just sitting there because I've never been to the hospital. I don't know what to do. And I'm, I look down and my phone is ringing and it's the ER. And I answered the phone and the ER says, where are you? And I said, I'm in the ophthalmologist's office. Uh, should I come down? They're like, no, no, we'll come and get you. Oh <laughs> so, my God. <laughs> I know. Talk about a strange system, right? So they came to get me. And this is Canada. Can you imagine what the US would be like? Right. I mean, they were super awesome. I will say they were super awesome. They were all very sweet and helpful. But um, a porter came to get me and they took me for a CT scan. <clears throat> and, the, you know, at this point, I'm like, oh, well, there's nothing wrong. A CT scan? You feel fine, right? Yeah. I'm like, okay, fine. So they gave me a CT scan. And I'd been sitting there now since 930 in the morning. So now it's like 10 o'clock at night and I'm still in the ER. And I phoned my husband and I'm like, can you just bring me a cup of tea? Like I'll bribe someone to come out to the front and get it for you because I'm, I really need a cup of tea. So he had, he had driven down and the doctor came in and she said, you know, is there anyone here with you? I said, well, funny enough, I just asked my husband to drive down. He's outside bringing me a cup of tea. She said, well, he's technically not allowed in, but I'm just going to go get him. And I'm like, uh-oh. So oh, I, te no. I text, I texted him and I'm like, don't panic, but the doctor's going to come and get you. And you don't even know why at this point. I don't even know why she hasn't told me. So she brings him in and she's like, okay, you've had a stroke. We have to admit you. And I'm like, now nah, you're crazy. <laughs> because at that so point... I've been sitting here for 12 <laughs> hours and you're just figuring yeah. this out. Okay. Yeah. And I I'm feel like, fine. Can I go I home? I feel fine you know, I'm fine. Sure. I can't put my glasses on, but you know, I'm sure it's just temporary. Like I feel fine. Really what I need is a cup of tea and something to eat because I'm starving. And she's like, no, you've had a stroke. We're admitting you. We're sending you for an MRI to check what's going on. Like she's so, I had a dissection of my carotid artery, which means that when you take your pulse in on your neck. So um, a dissection is like the wall of your artery can get a little tear in it. 
and then the blood goes between the wall of your artery and the lining and pushes the artery closed. And the neurologist who came to see me, he came to see me a little while later. He said, actually, you never would have even noticed because you're so healthy because the blood flow to my brain was fine. The problem was it occluded the artery completely and a blood clot formed and a blood clot broke off and went to my brain. And he said, that's why you had a stroke. And I'm like, what? And this is, this was so interesting. Like I realized at one point that I kept fighting with the doctors. I'm like, no, 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 no. And I know that, you know, denial is one of those first things you get. No, this is impossible. This can't be happening. And I, I took, luckily I meditate a lot. I kind of took a step out of myself and went, why are you arguing with them? They're the doctors. They had, they, you're arguing out of fear. You don't understand. (laughs) That's all, you know. So luckily I just kind of took a step back and went, okay, if this is what's going on, even though you don't want to be here, this is a really good place to be because these people are taking care of you. This is the best hospital for this to be in, right? Like this is the best place for a neurological incident and just be chill, just be chill. So I tell people like I surrendered to what was going on, but I didn't give up on what was like, I just said, okay, let's just see what, let's just sit back and observe for a while what's going on. So I was, because of the problems with how crowded it was, because so many people with COVID, I was in ER for three and a half days because they had no beds for me. Wow. And and nobody could visit me. So I was alone (laughs) on a very uncomfortable cot, let me just say. And I couldn't look at my phone. So it was like I was on a forced silent retreat. That's nice. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, when I tell people I had a stroke, first people, the first people's reaction is like, oh my God, but it's kind of, it became kind of like losing my yoga studio. It's like, yeah, but I'm okay. Yep. I'm actually, I'm actually okay. Like the aspirin takes the headache away and I'm in a good spot and it's quiet and I can think because I've been going pretty hundred miles an hour, like a lot of entrepreneurs doing, 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 instead of thinking, thinking, thinking. And I realized that, okay, so business coaching, I was still massaging. I was still teaching. I was still doing all the things, but business is only one piece Mm -hmm. of people's lives. So now I talk a lot about, you know, the myth of work-life balance, because for your life, you want to balance out your physical health. Thank goodness I was already physically healthy so I could recover your relationships. You want people around to support you and help you and that you I mean, we are social beings. Mm-hmm. You want to you want to have a good professional health, which is your work, but that's only one of the six pieces. You want to have financial health, money mindset. Mm-hmm. You want to have emotional health, where you can recognize what's going on with for you emotionally and what you need to support you. And you want to have your spiritual health, which I don't define what that is for people. For me, it's like my life purpose, what feels mm-hmm. good, what. Yep. what what makes me feel fulfilled. So I started looking at like, okay, I need all of the pieces to be present, not just the physical health. So I found that I, I realized I was like working on everybody's physical, helping with their physical health, but it felt like it was just a symptom of something else that was going on for them. And I needed to help them balance all the pieces, Yeah, which how I came to the balance. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's true though. You know, there's like, six, like you said, six, seven areas in our lives that we may only focus on our physical. We may only focus on our um, 
uh, career and, and relationships, but there's so much more and for a balanced human being. And sometimes um, you need to focus on one, but sometimes we focus on the one that we think is the problem. Right. And it's not the, if we worked on something else, right. That we get a bigger result. Right. So it's like, if you are unhappy at work, but you're fighting with your, and your husband fighting with your husband, you go for, you know, counseling, but maybe it's your job that's right. doing it to you. Maybe it's, it's your physical you, health too. And yeah. mental health, you know, there's just so much to, you're right. It's all about the balance. And yeah. a lot of people don't know how to make that balance happen. So mm-hmm. that's what you talk about in your coaching program is how to help people achieve balance. Yeah. So I mean, it's with one-on-one, I mean, everybody gets there, you know, we go through, I go through this, like figuring out which piece is, I, I have, we have this kind of scoring. It's like, which pieces. I do that too. Score, yeah. Right? I do that too. It's like a, it's like a, um, a, a chart and they, they color in like, where are you on scale of one to 10? Well, and we're like, we like to measure things. Right. Yes, look at look at all the important. advertising out there. The top five ways to do this, the top 10 ways yeah. to do this. So we like to measure things. We like that data aspect. And it just helps you get a visual representation of, well, okay, this is this this is down and this is down, but this, if I improved this, that would improve because they're all interrelated. Right. So and I mean the I out of the what came out of the hospital also was I just I developed a group program that I launched in January last year to help people come as a community together because, you know, together we are more powerful. So like smaller groups of women to support each other through what they were trying to figure out. Right. Because I won't always have all the answers, which I totally own, but someone there, you know, we bear balancing all areas. And so you need, yeah, I feel like a group is a great way to Right. Get information from everyone and know that you're not alone. And the energy of a group is always better. So good. Yeah. And, and, and they're like, sometimes they'll come out with things. I'm like, oh my God, that's so brilliant. I wish I thought of that, but you know, it's like, and so everything, like all the, the world that opened up after, or I guess it started, the seeds were planted while I was lying in the hospital. Right. It's like, then I just could see so much more potential of how to help people and ha- and then the ways to help them. And- you were forced to sit and think about this. Instead of thinking about what's going on with me and I'm worried and all this stuff, you decided to shift to how can you move and shift and change your, your coaching Right. To better serve everyone. And I think that's great. You were forced to do it for a reason. Well, and I also recognized that I didn't need to worry because and and fret about what was going on because I was okay. Right. I was actually okay. Yeah. I mean, worrying is like, what if, what if, what if? I'm like, well, that's why I'm in the hospital. So what if I just use this time to really get a handle on what I want to do? Like I how, how I can be of a bigger service and get more impact and help more people. Right. Sounds like that's exactly what you're doing. So listen, we're going to take a really quick break, Heather. And then when we come back, I would love for you to talk about that. Talk more okay. about your business, more about your coaching um, and share with everyone all the ways they can contact you and connect with you um, if they love your story and feel like a connection with you right now. So we'll be back in just a sec. Okay. 
If you're in the Mansfield, Massachusetts area and are looking for a space for yoga, meditation, great workshops, and life coaching support, check out Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. Mainstream even has a couple of virtual options if you don't live close by. Check out their offerings at MainstreamMeditation.com. You can also follow Mainstream Coaching and Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. The name is Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. And we're back. Thank you again for rejoining us for this episode of Heal. We are still with Heather Stewart. Now, you guys, I know this isn't like a TV show and we're like two and a half minutes um, <laughs> out. And I know you can skip past all the ads. However, I just want to remind you that we're here with Heather Stewart still um, who is a balanced life coach. And we heard her story about how she found herself in the hospital in the emergency room for three days after a stroke. And she imagined and created her balanced life coaching um, business or recreated it, I should say, because she was more of a business. Yeah. She, in those three days, she was able to sit and think about this um, while the hospital was taking care of her physical health. So again, I was going to say, um, Heather, uh, before we took the break, it's, it's, it's as if you were living your coaching program because your physical health was being taken care of by some, you know, by being there. Um, well, maybe not, maybe not. It was just a thought I had before we went to the break. And now you were able to, you were able to open up your mind and be creative because you weren't worrying maybe so much about everything else it was really what I was thinking. Well, and a lot of the things that you that I was prioritizing, I had to press hold on. Yeah, that. yeah. And and you know, we talked about fail. It's like I felt like I was failing the people who I was going to be serving by telling them. And it's funny, you know. I'm like, I'm sending my clients messages. Sorry, I have to cancel our appointment. I'm in the hospital, and they're like, Oh my God, Heather! Like, why are you even messaging me? This <laughs> You know, I had a psychic once tell me I had an overinflated sense of duty, but I, I blame I it on a being lot of heart centered so entrepreneurs have an overflated sense of duty. Like we have to help people and, right? and we have to find the balance because we're not going to be there to be able to help the people like we want. if We don't find our balance. Right. So that goes for I, teachers. That goes for anyone, you, you know, because I was your a, own coaching. <laughs> yeah, I was a teacher and I, I felt the same way you did when you said, I wanted to help these people. Like I wanted to help people find balance because they're being overworked and they're stressed out. That's how I felt when I left teaching. I was like, I want to help teachers. Right. So. Yeah. They have a hard yeah. time. They have a hard time take, doing self-care. I think the most time they is in the summer when they have a couple of months off, they find time to take care of themselves. But we both know that it really does take regular practice. Yeah, everything you do consistently will give you the results you want. Right. Whether so they're good or bad, but. Right, right, right. So tell us more about your program and how people can contact you and yeah. um, perhaps follow you on your social media channels and all of that stuff. How can they get in touch with you? So I am a lot, I'm in a lot of the places. So I am on YouTube and my, I, my podcast actually goes out as video and audio. So um, you can check out the podcast on YouTube. It comes out twice a week. And then um, I'm on the, all the podcast places, Apple, Google, Spotify. Tell everyone the name of your podcast. Mm. Back to me, Wellness Your Way. And that came out uh, 
that name actually came to me as a divine download in the hospital. <laughs> as I was lying there, that name just popped right into my head. Back to the wellness your way. Mm-hmm, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And then uh, my group po- coach coaching program is relaunching um, January this year. There is originally was six weeks. I've extended it to nine weeks to include one-on-one as well as the group aspect, because I think the combination is just so powerful to give some people some FaceTime as well as the group time. Mm-hmm. So that's relaunching in January. And you can find all that on prosperityflowcoaching.com. Love it. And I love the name of that. I know you're thinking I might shift and change that, but prosperity is not a bad name. Prosperity is not a bad name. And prosperity <laughs> can be, it's probably my money mindset, right? It can be about money, but it can be just abundance comes in so many forms. Like I give great, I give gratitude every morning to my teacup for having an abundance of water in it. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it's I like think it's important. It's so the more that we appreciate the things that we have, then the more uh, that we will have. I mean, and I don't yeah. even mean material. I just think, you know, our mindset shifts, everything shifts. It's great. Yeah. I'm thankful for the abundance of sunshine today. You know, it's like, wow, look at how great everything is. If you can see where things are good, then even when crap is happening, you're like, yeah, but, but look at all this other stuff. Well, your perspective shifts, shifts, Yeah, you know, yeah. perspective is everything. Awareness is everything. Uh, I think empathy and compassion are are important, all of those things. And those things build and grow the more that you care for yourself. So. Yeah, yeah. So and I know that not every day Facebook. is great. But What's that? Facebook, yes. And I was just going to say, not because I know there's there's conversations about toxic positivity. I'm not pretending there's not crap in the world, but I'm doing what I can do every day. You know, it's funny because that toxic positivity sometimes gets me so angry. Is that ironic that... The idea of toxic positivity makes me mad because I feel like I always try to look at the lesson in something or look at why this awful thing is happening. And I might feel a certain way, but I do try to reflect and look at it in a different way. And I don't think that's toxic. I think that's me trying to shift the negative in me out. It's not like I'm not processing the negative. Yeah, I think the problem comes when it's used as a dismissive, not processing. It's just like, a, well, just, just don't think about it and move on. Right. I think or that's or things could be worse, but quite yeah. frankly, things can be worse. They can be. You know? <clears throat> Maybe I had that conversation right with the monk use. in India. But I think things can be worse. Things yeah. can be, I could not be sitting in my office right now with the roof over my head, paying rent in this beautiful space that I love. I could be not even having a computer with a nice microphone and being able to have internet to talk to these lovely people. I'm for my, I mean, things could be worse. Things could be worse. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, and so, yeah, it's funny that I don't know. I have to dig deep and figure out why toxic positivity when people think that bothers me. Maybe it's because I don't want people to think that I'm just floating around thinking everything's wonderful. Right. But if they really knew me, they knew that I'm not that person. Yeah. I just try to learn from the things that I perceive as negative. And it is different. It's a different perspective to that, yeah. right? You just got me on a tangent. Now I'm angry. <laughs> I'm really Rainbow, not angry. Rainbows and unicorns. Rainbows and unicorns. Ooh, everything's better now. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> everything 
everything's better. <laughs> anyway, so, sorry. So I interrupted you earlier and I said, oh yeah, you're on Facebook. You're on Instagram. Facebook, Instagram. Um, yeah. Facebook is in prosperity flow coaching, Heather Stewart coaching. I actually have two Instagram accounts. That's okay. I'm going to put yeah. all of this information. Yeah. I only have the Heather Stewart coaching one though. Yeah. That one's good. Okay. I'm going to put yeah. all of this in the podcast notes so people can, um, click all on that stuff when they have time click, and they're not click driving. Away. Right. Yeah. Don't click while you're driving. Friends. Don't pull over. It's, it'll all be there. It was so I have nice two, to get to talk have, to you more. I have to tell you the two rules I have in life. Okay, go. And the first rule is you have to breathe. And the second rule is not to cause yourself any pain. So I use it at the beginning of my yoga and Tai Chi classes, but you can apply that to your whole life. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's great. It's like a big blanket statement that really can go anywhere. Right. You're going to have to send that to me just because... <laughs> Okay. You've got the recording. Just skip to the Well, you think I listen to this stuff afterward? <laughs> okay. I have three questions that I ask everyone at the end of our podcast. I say our because I don't know if anyone noticed, but Brittany isn't here. Do you know that I have a co-host? I saw her name on all the messages, but I don't see her behind you anywhere. <laughs> She's my daughter who is my, 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 <laughs> I almost called her a po-host. I think <laughs> call her a co-host from now on um she's my podcast co-host uh I've been recording at different times of the day so she's unable to attend some of the recordings and it's been consistent for a while now so I don't even know if I have a co-host anymore co um just kidding I do she's just not here but I always say our as if she is so I'm always wondering when my listeners or if my guests think I'm crazy no <laughs> I act as if she's right here next to me well, the universe is here as well. So, yeah. okay. yes, there she so is. So here are the questions we ask everybody right. at the end of our podcast. When you are at your most peaceful, what is it that you're doing? Painting. Oh, I love that. What's your medium? I do watercolor and I do acrylic. Fun. Okay. Um, one book that you would recommend either to your clients or a life-changing book that you read that you just loved and you're like, oh my gosh, have you read this book? It changed my life. Hmm. I've read so many books that have changed my life. Um, uh, you know, I really liked Big Magic. Oh, what's that? That is by someone whose name I'm going to... We can find it. Don't worry about the author. What yeah, is it about? So, so she she's the woman, same woman who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And oh, I can't... What's her name? I, yeah, her. And I can't say... I did not watch or even see the movie Eat, Pray, Love. I, I just wasn't my jam. Elizabeth Gilbert. That's it. But Big you know Magic, what? Eat, Love isn't my jam either, but I actually, I didn't read the book either. Cause I was like, uh, and so <laughs> I, I saw the movie and I was like, parts of it were really good. I liked it. I, it's like, yeah, I want to go to India. <laughs> like, I I've been to India three stuff. times. Yeah. So maybe that's why I didn't want to read it. Cause I didn't want her to, you know, change my view of my experiences there. I get you. I get you. But her book, Big Magic, is about creativity in your life. And oh my God, she, like, I have the audiobook because I just love listening to her read it. I only and, listen to books now. I don't actually read them that much anymore. Yeah. But she has this one view, like, she views ideas as little entities 
zooming around the world trying to bump into the person who will bring them to life and you have to care for it and nurture it and pay attention to it. And she tells this one story where she had an idea that she didn't take care of. And when she kissed someone, she had transferred it to them unknowingly. And they wrote that book, even though they'd never talked about it. It was almost exactly this. I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. So I always say that. And I think I read that somewhere that when you have an idea, we know thoughts are things. So when you have an idea in your head, but you don't act on it, you know, she says, nurture it, care for it. Then you see it and you're like, I had that idea. I can't believe it. We all have those experiences, right? Yeah. Hers was almost uncanny. That's crazy. So, and she's, she's delightful. She's delightful. That's a really good book. Well, thank you. All right. Last question. Uh If money wasn't an object, what would you be doing? What I'm doing now. That's a great answer. Right. I would be coaching and helping people because I can't, it just comes out of me and I would be painting beautiful pictures. That's awesome. Thank you so much. It was so nice to talk to you again. Good to chat with you. We'll be chatting again soon, I think, right? I think we will. Yes, absolutely. I think we are actually on on the schedule. <laughs> you you are coming on my podcast. So yeah. the people yeah, listening to this podcast, if you want to hear me ask Elizabeth questions, you just come over to the other I don't side. know that anyone in my network needs to hear any more from me, but that's great. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe they do. Maybe, Maybe they, they do. do. Maybe they don't know that much. I'll try to come up with questions that people haven't asked you yet. Oh, good luck. I'm an open. <laughs> I'm an okay, open. good. Yeah. Well, anyways, it was so nice to talk to you again. Um, I'm sure that people thoroughly enjoyed your story. What a story. My goodness. So scary to be in the hospital at that time. And then for that reason, you know, um, but look what came out of it. So this is beautiful. And it continues to grow. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, Everyone else, I alone will be back in just another sec. If you're in the Mansfield, Massachusetts area and are looking for a space for yoga, meditation, great workshops, and life coaching support, check out Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. Mainstream even has a couple of virtual options if you don't live close by. Check out their offerings at MainstreamMeditation.com. You can also follow Mainstream Coaching and Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. The name is Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. And here I am. I am back, just came back to say one more time, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited that you enjoy this podcast and keep coming back for more. We can't wait to see you next time. But until then, may you be happy, healthy, safe, and live a life that's filled with ease. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.